Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Today, I welcome Bridget onto the Mud Her podcast for a live coaching session. Vulnerable, always doing live coaching on a podcast. So we really dive into, you know, what it means to recontextualize the mess inside of us and how do we turn what we mistakenly call a mess or the clutter, you know, inside into the beautiful opportunity that it is to know ourselves and to let go of the mistaken beliefs that it's a mess, but it might be our pain, our wounds, things that we keep hidden away, you know, behind closed doors, because we're afraid if we show it, we might lose the people close to us. And there's also the unknown, you know, what does it mean to open the doors to the unknown of what we've hidden away? What a beautiful journey that is and can be once we embark on it, because without looking inside and I don't even want to call it like cleaning up, but exploring and maybe putting some things into their proper places, but really being aware of what's there behind closed doors really brings so much possibility and awareness. And it helps us to stop from looking outside of ourselves for who we are and our choices and decisions. We want to 
go from an external locus of control to an internal locus of control. And that's what we work on together in this session. So join us. I hope you can co-voyage and learn some things for yourself. And let's do this. So hi, Bridget. Thank you so much for coming on this afternoon and being on my on my show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate your time. You know, you signed up for the, you know, podcast coaching session. So I already consider you very, very brave. And and I'm (laughs) also, so I'm extra grateful. And I know we have a mutual friend, Nora, who put us together and introduced us. And I'm very grateful for her. Exactly. (laughs) I think we're both probably fans of Nora. Big fans. So (laughs) When she and I'm a big fan of yours as well. I was Aww. very excited to hear her podcast episode on your show. And I just got sucked into all the other episodes. And <laughs> I think you have some very like meaningful and thoughtful conversations and ideas and thoughts with women, which is just, you know, so energizing and lovely. And the concept itself, honestly, is something I think that's kind of rising in society a little bit, I hope, but mothering yourself rewriting the mother code it's like my mission I think right now is trying to figure out how to do that and come to terms with who I am and what I need so I'm definitely excited to get an outside perspective and talk with you some more so thank you for having me really appreciate it that's a beautiful lead and I appreciate it it's very humbling but thank you and what I love about these and the coaching sessions is it's all about you And it's, you know, my goal to serve you in some way and that you can walk away with new awarenesses, new perspectives, you know, something that will really support you in your life. And as you, you know, listened, you saw that there's generally themes about mothering ourselves, but we're open to talking about anything, right? So whatever's Mm -hmm. kind of on your heart or mind or something that you'd like, you know, to kind of dig into a little bit or get some support on in our time together, what would that be? I've been thinking about it a lot. And different ideas have popped up throughout listening to you. And, you know, I've been big into audiobooks and podcasts for a while. But I think like right now in my life, there's been a pretty consistent theme of something that I've been trying to work on in myself. I mean, forever, but like really more so over the past couple of years that I still struggle with is like, I think it's kind of all intertwined, but getting my life together, like being able to take care of myself or being able to do what's best for me or, you know, like I've always been very cluttered, very hoarderish, raised by a couple of hoarders that were always in denial about it. So I was in denial about it and I was able to kind of see it over the years. And I think it's like such a projection of all the clutter that's going on inside. And so I'm starting to notice like The more I'm struggling externally, the more I'm probably struggling internally also. And so I've got like a relationship issue right now where I've been dating somebody for four years and he's concerned about moving in with me, which we had planned on doing and are kind of in the process of deciding whether or not we should do because he knows that once that step happens, the next steps happen of what we both 
want to eventually have happen, but I want to have marriage and kids happen maybe a lot sooner than he does. He's four years younger than me. And he, I think, carries a lot of the weight because of the logistics of him working from home. And I work in an office. And so he's taking care of the dogs and I'm commuting an hour twice a day. And it's just all of my internal stress that I'm dealing with already is kind of getting clogged up even more by all this additional stuff. I've finally come to the conclusion that I don't want to keep bending and twisting myself into a pretzel to make everybody else's life around me easier. So I've like put into place some hard and fast rules. I'm going to move closer to work. It makes sense. It's going to make my life a lot easier. I'm going to be able to contribute in a lot of ways, more so than what I'd be able to in the past. And combining all our stuff and it's it's just messy like all the internal stuff is messy and all the external stuff is messy and I just pull everything out and I make a bigger mess and it just sits there because I get exhausted and I you know I'm not able to pay attention at work I feel like everything in my life just kind of like well goes at the same time into a complete mess and then you know I work so hard to kind of get it back in order And everybody says Rome wasn't built in a day, but I heard maybe quoting you like Rome collapsed in a day or something like that. Like, didn't it fall in one day? (laughs) So it's like, I do everything I can to build my life up into what I think it's supposed to be. And then it just kind of collapses so quickly and I can't figure out what I'm supposed to do. Like in any aspect, I've lost all my confidence in my work and in my self-worth and in my relationship whether or not he's the one for me or you know if we're working too hard is it supposed to be easier like what more can I be doing and so at the end of the day I'm I'm telling him like okay you figure out you because this is exhausting and I'm gonna figure out me and I'm gonna tell you what I need and what I want but then you have to wait and sift through all the feelings and the possibilities and the ideas and come back and I don't know what to do I'm going to ask you an initial question, which is if I happen to hand you right now a magic wand mm-hmm. and you could have it be any way that you wanted. And literally by the end of our time together, somehow this, you know, magically you would, you would have all of this. How would you summarize like what it is that your ideal state is, or if you could have one thing that's different, what would it be? I think the issue is that I always look to other people. It's really hard for me to look at what I want. Because I immediately, my reaction is to go to him and literally I will tell him that like, if you could have your wildest dreams come true, like where would you live? What kind of place would you be living in? Who would you be with? Like, what do you want? Because he's a very indecisive person. And I think I'm feeling a lot of that indecision right now too. Like I am getting an apartment closer to work which I'm happy about. I am. I'm not sure. I just want to be in a job that I feel secure in, that I feel like I'm doing a good job at. I want, if I could have a magic wand, it's it's just pointing at me, not the external stuff. Because it's like, I think all the time about all the things outside of myself that I want, which is so easy to daydream about. But at the end of the day, I keep coming back to the conclusion of like, there's such a mess inside of me that I need to deal with first. How is it that it's getting named a mess inside of you? Um, I'm just wondering where that label came from. I just, it's very messy. So it's a lot of, it's messy. I think I've always been, I'm a classic middle child. 
I was going to ask where you are. Always. So thank you. Yeah. Always, always, always trying to keep the peace at home. Always trying to find solutions or the nice way of looking at things and the nice way to spend things. And, you know, I don't like lying about anything. And I definitely think I've always tried to see only the good. And when I couldn't, I would just shut down completely. Like, I think it really affected my brain in a lot of ways that I'm still trying to heal. But it's like, I've just inherited so much clutter that I've been trying to Marie Kondo for the past like three or four years more diligently than I've ever felt. Like I always felt obligated to hold on to physical things that were given to me and emotional things. It's always been my responsibility for other people's feelings. And so it's really hard for me to not feel responsible for the outcome of circumstances, everything, just everything. So can I share something that is coming to mind about what you're, what you're saying about, I know it might be a lot of word vomit. So I apologize. I don't know if it's coming out or not. (laughs) You're doing beautiful. And this definitely is not about being organized. This is about (laughs) flow and you're letting flow. And then I can orient you to some, some meaning and aspects of it because this, you know, inheriting uh, the clutter, but I wanted to go to where you said, you know, it's been my job to take care of those around me, to be the peacekeeper, to always, you know, kind of be the one that, that makes everything okay in the family. Is that, that accurate? Well, that Mm -hmm. was something little Bridget did in her upbringing to create safety for herself. It was very wise childhood behavior that worked for you at the time. And I don't know your whole history. I don't know what the atmosphere, you know, was in your family, but you're alluding to a lot of clutter. You're alluding to absorbing a lot. And it was like a tornado. It was like an absolute internal. I'm still trying to slow it down some now as an adult. It's just chaos, bipolar mother, narcissistic father, a lot of money, power struggles, a lot of egos and just screaming you know not physical violence coming towards us or anything but definitely like just the violent energy so it's like yeah like never ending so you're this little being that doesn't have the skills capacity you know wherewithal to deal with that you know in any kind of you know healthy way but the healthy way that we do is you know we adopt behaviors that we believe keep us safe in that environment. So you're doing everything you can to keep the peace and whether that was absorbing it, whether that was, you know, going in between mom, dad, siblings, you know, all of that to make everything okay. We want to start by having a lot of compassion for her, because if we just now sit here as an adult, like, oh my God, you know, this is, I still have this behavior and it's terrible and awful. And if I only like look at it as a mess, you know, or something bad that I'm going to, that I just need to like get rid of, it would be dishonoring, you know, of your little girl. And we, we want to be with her and go back. We can do some comforting, soothing, like bringing her to consciousness and light. Maybe we'll even do a little of that today, but we definitely want that to be part of your journey with this because she was really smart and really brave. Uh-huh. And, you know, you're sitting here today because of the, the behaviors that she put into place uh, to compensate, cope and deal with. We just realized then as an adult, 
we can learn new behaviors where our survival doesn't depend on, you know, making peace and making everybody around us okay and happy if we can get to that, you know, or any <laughs> level. But we think that wiring was so strong, you know, and it was so yeah. ingrained in there. We think that that's our only way to deal with, you know, upset chaos in our life until we learn new ways, right? And yeah. You sitting here today is telling yourself you matter and, you know, work that you've been doing on yourself is something you couldn't do as a child, but now we get to kind of unravel, you know, it does entail us kind of going into some of those spaces and feeling the feelings that we weren't, that weren't safe enough for us to have at that time, you know, cause it sounded like it was, you took on the strategy of absorbing a lot, holding on to a lot, but it wasn't safe for you to express. Everybody else was kind of doing that. So you held me pretty tight. Think like everyone else was always right. I just wanted everyone to feel like their feelings were valid and that they were right. And that, you know, like I would just sit back and try to be like, everything's fine. Everything's mm-hmm. fine. You guys are great. Everything's great. And I've always kind of done that. I've always wanted everybody else around me to feel heard. Mm-hmm. But what about you? Yeah. And your feelings. <laughs> and it's like, I want the tools that I never got through the people that raised me. And I want to learn how to try and go wherever I need to go in order to address myself and try to heal things. But like, how do you navigate your own self and go into something that you wouldn't have thought about if no. not for something like this <laughs> like <laughs> exactly. unless you're out with a glass of wine and some girlfriends and they're just feeling like going down some dark hole you're like mm. there's so many other things to talk about and so there's yeah. very few well, spaces it... where people can see you or yeah pull things out like this I feel mm-hmm. or in my life at least so how did it how did you feel when I said your feelings weren't acknowledged what you had to say wasn't valued. I mean, that's me in a nutshell. I feel like I've always had to kind of, like, as I got older, I feel like I did, you know, even as a middle schooler, but like as, and as an adult, I, I continuously have to fight for my thoughts and opinions and feelings. And I still get ignored. And in my family, it's like, you have to scream and shout or be on fire in some kind of an external way in order to be heard like they they don't listen to words nobody nobody in my family listens to just words they've always got their own agendas and everything so it's it makes sense it's something i've always known but maybe there's different aspects of it that still need to kind of be explored because I am thankfully able, I've learned over the years to make sure that I'm in only in a relationship with and around people who are capable of listening without screaming and shouting or, you know, pulling out your hair or anything extreme. But then one trip back home or one phone call from mom and all of a sudden you're like, what? Why is my brain like feel like total chaos? (laughs) Why am I so angry right now? And why do I constantly have to fight for just being heard or respected in the slightest sense? You'd say like, I like the color blue. And they'd be like, no, no, you like the color green, remember? I'm like, oh, okay, well, like, I know you remember that. <laughs> just really simple stuff. Like you have to hold their hand through every little thing. And so 
I'm grateful I'm in a relationship right now where I have somebody who's receptive and trying to grow themselves too, but I feel right. kind of like I'm back in it a little bit where I'm holding hands and trying to say, how do you feel? And stuff that it takes a lot of energy. My battery is kind of draining. Well, it's <laughs> super draining to be holding other people's feelings and value more than our own and trying to keep the peace is. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather, if that's the space that you're in, and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo meaning land of the goddess women. And coming to really take time for yourself. Okay, and that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat, getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up, but now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. Massively energy draining. When I work with people and the training, when we talk about emotions, I'm always asking people to orient to five primary emotions, fear, hurt, anger, sadness, and joy. So it sounds like your family upbringing, the way you're describing it is there was a lot of irresponsible expression of emotions. And so emotions got a bad rap and 
I saw your face. Other people can't see it when I named those emotions. Um, <laughs> it was like yeah. all of those emotions, except for the joy. That was like, <laughs> mm, they were all so sad. And then joy. <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, yeah, like we had. Right. So this is something, this is part of the journey is to reacquaint ourselves, like get back in touch with those as like the pure beauty of those those emotions, because when you live in an environment and are inundated with them expressed irresponsibly, they just, they're just bad. Like, you know, just yeah. as your face expressed, they're negative they're <laughs> bad, but they're actually not. So I want to, you know, kind of break at yeah. least like, you know, have the consideration there to consider, um, that they're all, well, they're all powerful. They're all, um, beautiful in many ways, pragmatically, they all serve a function for uh, our, not just our growth and development, but literally like in our lives, we're feeling machines, you know, there's, yeah. we, we need every one of them for our survival, honestly, like there's none of them that we could cut out and say, we can live without that because they help us navigate our life. Right. So we never want to get rid of fear. We don't want it to run us, but fear keeps us safe. It, it helps us to stop walking in front of a bus Yeah, and you know, it's very practical in, in yeah. many ways. And it can be a beautiful signal when, you know, something's not right or I have fear. Okay. Let me go explore that, see what it is. It's when fear takes over as an emotion and we lose our sense of our higher functioning and it just becomes the, the, you know, the overwhelm of fear, yeah. but we can, we can learn to navigate that. I just want to introduce the concept and orient us to these five emotions, because as we can start identifying those in our life, they give us a structure and a framework to all the things that you were talking about around job and talking with family, navigating um, the relationship, but really it's about your interior. This is getting to know you through your emotional states and your emotional self. So when we can, in any you know moment of stress, name what we're feeling, it helps bring us back to presence. It helps us re-engage with our frontal lobe, our higher function, yeah. our reasoning, right? So yeah. it's very practical, pragmatic, but it also is, it has that power to help us show what matters to us, you know, help us, you know, like care about things to feel. So I want to, I know I just said a lot about all of these and I see your, <laughs> yeah, your mind is I going feel like high, so I'd love to hear your reactions. Yes. I've been training myself for so long since college to recognize and acknowledge anger because that's been something that I've struggled with and really had to confront in so many areas of my life, every awesome. area of my life. I was, How I'm so, I was just so angry. Like I would walk down the street and want to break things. And I'd, I would, I was just like filled to the brim every second of every day for like weeks from my mom. And I don't think I've let my anger come out about my dad yet. And that's something I'm still trying to like get to, but it came out more easily for my mom and how was it, it was awful <laughs> I mean once I was able to name it I literally went to some free clinic at my college and they were like oh like 
we would love to talk to you, but first, can you practice naming these emotions? Like, can you go for a week and every day try to name three emotions on this sheet of paper filled with a list of emotions? And I was like, what are all these words? I can't imagine associating. It was so wild. Like I didn't understand what it was for my whole life up until that point that I could associate so many things to these words on this paper. And so I kind of like had to practice pointing out all these things and it helped so much. But then I guess I, yeah, I forgot about all the other things like the fear, you know, sadness is pretty easy. That's basic one. Happiness is pretty basic, but all of these like living in constant terror kind of ones are just newer. So I don't think I've had it at the forefront of my mind to really give myself, not that I want to sit in it anymore, but you know, if I need to sit in the fear, I don't even know how I'd do that. Like anger is so easy. Somebody else is bringing it out of me. I feel like for the most part, and then I can look back at myself and say like, okay, I'm angry because I can't control the situation or I am not being heard or I feel out of control or, you know, all these things, but they're so closely associated with fear too. Well, they are. And it's something I, I, I also want to name here, Bridget. I'm hoping kind of like setting some of this context <laughs> is, is helping. I want to give some frameworks to put all this because when I said at the beginning, you know, I called the awareness that you were calling, like what's going on inside a mess. I really want to, you know, one of my, you know, thoughts or visions for you is that you see you know, everything that's rumbling around and, you know, working on working inside you is that our emotions as messy as they are and can be are also beautiful, right? They're this beautiful part of you. But when you, when you were talking about anger, you know, it's okay to, you know, like, you can kind of like latch onto that, but the, the fear, oftentimes when we, when we're aware of feeling the anger, almost always what we usually has happened before we're in touch with the anger is we felt either hurt or afraid. And as you said, some of the things that you were saying, I could hear that in you, you know, that something happened that you felt hurt or something happened where you felt afraid. And then, you know, we can sometimes not acknowledge that first, you know, instance. And we, we just think we're angry, but there's really a lot more kind of leading up to that happening. Is that, how does that resonate with you? Yeah. It just kind of puts me back in my house that I grew up in. It makes me think of like, yeah, keep going. Same like we weren't way. treated like dogs, but we were kind of treated like, you know, kids are seen and not heard. Like do as you're told. We were snapped at a lot. We were always told that we were happy and loving. And it was all so normal. Mm. And you're just so shut down and like everything's just such a blur. But yeah, it's hard to slow it down enough to be able to look at it and see anything and to pinpoint like and say, not cool. That wasn't that wasn't nice. That wasn't respectful. That wasn't thoughtful. You were just in your own world and taking everything out on mm-hmm. everybody else. So we were just supposed to sit there and take it. And there was no it didn't even have to be any like actions, but the energy is constantly just this poison that's seeped into all of us like there are horrible ramifications that came from it all and they're really irreversible for other members of my family and I feel like because I shut down 
I protected myself enough to be able to survive and like come out a little bit, but I still, I can't stop shutting down when things get yeah. stressful or I get scared or overwhelmed and totally makes you know, sense. And it makes me sad because it's like, there's so much I want to do and experience and I want to wake up. I want to be in touch with everything. And I'm just, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm trying to be, but then I get really fuzzy and I just can't Wait, function. I, I truly, I truly believe you're going to be able to get there, Bridget, because you have <laughs> an intention. Um, but are you okay if I make an Please. observation about how Please. you were, were sharing about phone. it? Yes. <laughs> Just to notice, you know, when you say things like there was, you, you started to talk about, you know, just really how scary it was, you know, the, the terror and the hurt, you know, the, the hurtful things that were happening at a pretty like ongoing, consistent basis. And then you said, it's just, there's so much, it's such a swirl. I can't like think of any one time. That's a defense mechanism, right? That's something that you're doing now to kind of protect yourself from going to those spaces and you know yeah. were we to have you know what I would you know want to do in like a follow-up session or, or something like that is to do something like breath work or somewhere where you can give yourself space to go to a particular moment in time you know there and I have the feeling that's probably pretty terrifying to think about locking into any one of those moments it's easier to kind of keep it in a swirl and a spin and that's what that's yeah. a mechanism that you did to take care of yourself but we're going to want to work to slow that down and actually fully feel some of those moments not all of them you know we're not going to have to go back and feel every <laughs> single one but it wasn't safe for you to feel in those moments that they were happening, you know, but they're still inside you. They're still there. And we're going to want to get those, allow those to emerge. And then, you know, self-parent yourself when they come up, you know, in ways, and you practice that enough that then you, you have a new thought pattern in your mind, like, oh, when really stressful yeah. stuff happens, I can, it's okay for me to feel my feelings about it now. It's okay for me to that's so scary in the moment. I know. <laughs> Just the idea of sitting with a clear mind and allowing thoughts to come through and being able to do that, like on a regular basis or semi-regular basis or whatever. It's just like, and then letting all that stuff come up and having the ability to treat myself as if I were somebody else that I loved. And I was like, I'm here for you, you know, like, how do you do that? That's so, that's so scary. It's not like, oh, you know, we went yeah. to the pool and we had lollipops and it was really great. No. I was there. Like, no, yeah, it was 100%. Well, you do it like not one, a fun memory. No, you do it one step at your time at a time. And our brain is designed to keep us safe. So yeah. it, you know, in your environment, it, it was so not safe that any thought of like doing that now purposefully, your brain's going to go like, are you crazy? Like, we, yeah. We, I, we put in some solid, good mechanisms to keep us from feeling that stuff. What do you mean? You're going to go messing around in there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is crazy. Smalls that that's are like solid. Thing. Why would you break exactly. them down? Exactly. Why would you break them down? Well, precisely. Right. So you can have the things that you're yearning for, you know, and what you're yearning for is really beautiful and you do it. It isn't like, we don't just go with a sledgehammer and break it all open. It's, you know, one experience at a time. It's one you know, allowance of the emotions at a time and you slowly build and you, you know, you put cracks in the wall and 
and uh, you know, like little, well, little bits of light in, and then you start, and then you have experiences that like, oh, all those terrifying things that I thought would happen if I let this up aren't as bad as I thought they were. And you know, that I know the first time I started to let myself fully have my feelings about things, I thought the the sky was going to fall or I didn't know, you know, it felt very cataclysmic of what, yeah, when it, when that terrifying. happened, I was like, okay, like, I guess I can kind of try it again. And then you try it again. And, but you know, for a while it's safe environments that, you know, you're supported and, and guided until you, you know, adopt those behaviors for yourself. And, you know, it's, it's a process. It's a journey. It takes some time. And that's why we have you know, and, and something else that we would work on is creating a vision for yourself. Because if we don't have this bigger vision, like, you know, what I started you orienting to you at the beginning, like, well, I, you know, I want to have a sense of valuing myself. I want my choices and decisions to come from within me and not look outside myself. I want to take as much care of myself as I do other people and give myself, you know, and value myself as much like that a vision to orient to like, okay, well, if I want that, then, you know, I'm going to take some steps. So that's the only reason we would do this crazy thing you know, that, that I'm, that I'm proposing is if, <laughs> unless it was going to, you know, lead you to the, the places that you're, that aren't yet available for you and that you really yeah. are deeply yearning and hungry for. Does that make sense? It's just well, so much. Ahead. It's so much. <laughs> it's like, exactly. Like it's I, wild. You know, it isn't that I, you know, like I said, we're just kind of opening in a door of possibilities here and, yeah. you know, in ongoing work, you know, what we would name is creating a, some pathways that allow this to feel doable, you know, for yeah. you that isn't quite so overwhelming. And, and it does take a leap of faith at a degree. I'm not saying, you know, that it's, that it's easy, but I personally have a vision for you that, that, like I said before, that we start reimagining, you know, this mess inside is just, you know, your, your narrative, like what's in there. That's actually really beautiful that your pain, your anger, your hurt, all of those, you know, are beautiful parts of you that once they're kind of out and visible, you know, eventually we get to see that they are for ourselves too. So that's the vision I have. Nice. Uh, what do you think? I like it. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. It's just a very different concept of appreciating all that stuff instead of just wanting to change it and fix it. It's got to be like, something completely different. It has to be, it has to change. Like instead of okay. just letting it be what it is and liking and it, like, that's a new concept. Yes. That's not a real thing. No, <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I would like that. That sounds nice. It's just such like a, such a foreign yeah. thing. It's not, but it is. So it's not, but yeah, it is. It's right? nice. Like it's, well, it's beautiful. I get to see you, and I get to see your facial expressions as you, you know. Kind of I can't control my face. And, yeah, I'm so glad. <laughs> I talk with it's my beautiful. eyebrows so much. I'm like, where? <laughs> see, it's those little things that you're going to start rewiring. You're not going to apologize for the fact that you have an expressive face and features. It's beautiful. I yeah. only wish that I could communicate as effectively for your podcast with my facial features. So yeah. well, that's the only are, thing. I do think people are going to be getting it and hopefully I'm reflecting okay. it. So I'm going to leave you with kind of where we got, uh, what, how would okay. you summarize for yourself? And then I'm going to do one more thing before we close. What are you taking with you? I am always taking tornadoes with me wherever I go, but also I really like the idea of being able to slow down enough 
to try and see what's in there that I wasn't comfortable enough seeing before that if I can find the right tools or the right environment or yeah the right pathway mm-hmm. in there that I feel safe enough with there's such a huge part of me that's dying to heal and evolve beyond the mess and the chaos and with the mess um, this, it won't be mm-hmm. it's going to be with it weird part of you <laughs> so i'm I, i'm you know those two conflicting feelings of you know such a yeah. deep desire to dive in with everything that i have and such a deep desire to run away and keep my walls up and you know put some more plaster on them and just build them out mm-hmm. as much as i can i i have to just find a very safe way to kind of brick by brick tear her down yep i built it i can take them down and yeah. but we won't do something like, else crash. with the... we're not gonna you know sledgehammer it down and there might be times but yeah. for the most part we'll you know we'll do it at a pace that feels good Beautiful, Bridget. I think that's a a beautiful summary and opening for you. And often what I do before we get on is I have all these, you know, tarot cards, whatever. I just think somebody's put together, you know, a certain kind of wisdom and, you know, I, you can decide how you want to hear any of this for yourself. But I, I think sometimes looking outside ourselves and, and seeing messages and that it's all around us impossible. So the the one that I picked up today is it's by Megan Watterson. She's written some beautiful books and she did these cards called the divine feminine oracle, right? So it's all sorts of divine feminine aspects, everything from, you know, from all different cultures, all different, there's a beautiful array and they're all like have super empowering messages. So I closed my eyes and asked who would support you in your journey and us today in our work together. And then I don't look at it until we're done <laughs> and see. So, That's the card so that nice. I'm going to say I, I picked, but we, we picked <laughs> was Teresa of Avila. So she was a Catholic nun actually, uh, and she's a saint. She's St. Teresa of Avila in the Catholic tradition. And she's called Our Lady of the Interior Life, kind of relevant to what we were talking about today, because and I'll send, I'll take a picture and send this to you, but I was um, going to try and write it down, but if you're going to send a picture, nope, that's great. I'm going to send <laughs> Thank it. You. I will take a picture <laughs> and send you. it. I trust that's the answers so I find within me. I know that the presence of love is real. So I could probably just say that, but there's a really nice write-up about, she was just this amazing woman in the 1500s, right? When women weren't really allowed to be powerful, but she was, and she had this beautiful relationship and a very mystical relationship with Christ. Okay. So you don't have to like resonate with that specifically, but just the fact that she was on this very deep journey for herself, she had visions, all sorts of things. Some things that it says when you, when you pick this card, she knew intimately about this spiritual wealth. She calls it. We all possess and have access to if we're willing to go inward. She emphasizes a need to meditate in order to reach, you know, internally. And that's something you could consider as, as a path. We didn't talk about it, but I'll just name that. And I think, you know, in her urging, she asks for us to believe that having a, a very rich interior life and presence with yourself is real. And we can find that all the answers inside us. If we, if we go on that journey, she asks us to move 
that inner truth out into the world with confidence and conviction. So I think going back to the intention, I trust the answers I find within me. I know that the presence of love is real is kind of a beautiful way, I think, for us to summarize a little bit. And hopefully that has some meaning for you. And, you know, if it doesn't, that's fine. It's, it's all for us to make meaning of it in whatever way works for us. That's incredible. Anything? Good. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to get the, the card so I can read more up about her. My mom is such a devout, devout Catholic and she, you know, caused a lot of pain and confusion and fear and stuff. But she also, I don't know why, the one thing I always really had deep faith in was her and her prayers. You know, maybe not even like so much the Catholic Church itself for me, like, but I was raised Catholic and every time I would be having a hard time, I'd go to her and ask her, like, can you please pray for me? Like, it always sends out she's got strong energy she has strong strong prayers that I definitely believe a lot of weird things but I I believe that there's energy out there that is trying to work for us and that's awesome I love that 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 she's saying I'm so I'm so excited to send it to you because it's you know she's asking you to like you know start thinking about your own meditate prayer life Bridget thank you so much this has been such a beautiful journey and thank you I, I really, I really thank appreciate you your time bringing, oh my gosh for you bringing yourself and your yearnings and and allowing us to go together on this journey i i'm just immensely grateful thank you thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast as always please rate review and subscribe to mother wait no subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.